Hello, all you beautiful people, and welcome to the MediaComs podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo. Now, this is a podcast about communications and its impacts on the world, whether it's cultural, historical, or other ones in the future. This is the second episode in a three-part series, and today we'll be discussing how I believe communications will impact the near future, major events that have impacted communications, and how communications can lead to some mishaps and potentially tragedies when used incorrectly. So, in my last episode, I briefly touched on what communications came to be, but I never truly went in depth on the events that happened. So that's what I will be doing today. I believe that the first major event in communications history was the invention of the first telephone. So the first telephone was invented by Alexander Graham Bell in 1876. And the telephone was actually one of the first true upbringings of communications, in my opinion. This invention, although it wasn't suitable for practical use at the time, was a foundation for what was next to come, really. Since its invention, uh, Alexander Graham Bell founded the Bell Telephone Company, which has now become the second biggest cell phone provider in Canada, right behind Rogers. So, the second major event that I believe uh, impacted communications in a large way is the invention of the internet, which I believe is the biggest milestone that modern communications has ever reached. It started off in the U.S. National Department of Defense, where scientists attempted to create a system where multiple computers could communicate. Sounds a bit familiar, right? So this system ended up being called ARPANET and was created in the 1960s. Essentially, it was a very basic and kind of crappy form of the internet that we know and love today, since it wasn't even able to send more than two letters between two computers without the whole system crashing. But, like every other technology, the system improved over time. In the 1970s, two scientists named Robert Kahn and Vincent Cerf created TCP-IP, a communications model that set standards on how computers communicated. ARPANET ended up adopting this model, and from there, multiple researchers began to assemble networks that eventually became the modern internet. The internet, however, took a lot more of a recognizable form when computer scientist Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web in the 1990s. This gave the public an easier method to access the internet, and in turn, the internet ended up being extremely popularized. So, after the internet came the smartphone, which, to many people's surprise, wasn't actually invented by Apple. Apple were the people who popularized it. So the smartphone was actually created in 1992 by a company called IBM, and it was called the Simon Personal Communicator. 
instead of an LED touchscreen, which is what we use today, they use an LCD touchscreen. It also came with a stylus. Aside from its ability to call, of course, it was able to send and receive emails, faxes, and pages from computers, fax, and pagers, respectively. So it ended up coming with an address book, a calendar, a world clock, and a notes app that you could write in. However, it came with the hefty price of $1,435 USD. So due to this price, not many people bought it, of course. 15 years later, however, in 2007, Apple came out with the iPhone, and the reveal was absolutely astounding. It was so grand, in fact, that they even had to hire off-duty police officers to guard stores overnight so there wouldn't be any robberies. This cell phone came with so many more features, including the LED touchscreen that we know today, very minimal buttons, and a slew of applications and functions that put IBM and the Simon Personal Communicator to shame. People lined up for literal days outside stores to buy it, and many shops reported stock shortages within an hour of availability. Needless to say, the iPhone really did pave the way for the future of cell phones and handheld communication. My second topic is impacts on the future. So, after looking at the past, I believe we should start to look at the future of communication. What lies in store for the human race and its inventions? Here's my theory. Firstly, I believe that due to the rising popularity of virtual and augmented reality and its commercialization, I think that more of our everyday devices, such as phones and computers, will start to incorporate these features in much like the camera in our phones. In fact, we've already seen these types of features be implemented into modern technology, such as devices like the Google Lens and Google Glasses. These are prime examples on how augmented reality can help serve our daily lives. Google Lens is a program in your phone that scans objects from your camera using a neural network and ends up bringing relevant information for that object. Google Glasses are a pair of glasses that allow the user to have a wireless, hands-free smartphone right on their eye. This allows users to use several functions, such as browsing the internet, using camera, maps, and calendars, all through voice commands, and a small little dial on the side. However, this did flop in, with consumers in 2014, so Google gave it a facelift and now incorporates that technology, uh, along with glasses manufacturers, under the name of Google Glass. Now, I believe that it'll be a different case with virtual reality. Gaming companies such as Valve have already hopped on the VR train, creating headsets to go hand-in-hand -hand with certain games. I think that VR will go through this path, more likely than not, since I cannot really see a clear application of it outside of video games. So, going off the Google Glass idea, I also firmly believe that many of us will start communicating through wearable devices, such as smartwatches. 
Apple and many other companies like Fitbit have already started doing this with different brands of watches for exercise and health, and some already incorporating messaging and calling. Where I personally see this going is the technology developing to sort of a mini smartphone, much like the Apple Watch, but a little more practical when it comes to everyday use. My guess is that this brand of wearable technology will allow us to fully communicate with others through a variety of voice technology, with speech-to-text messaging and emails, among other things. Lastly, my final observation and prediction when it comes to the future of communication is how humans will communicate with each other. I believe that due to the inherent laziness of of humans, our communication with each other will start to see a massive shift towards the digital side. This guess is based on how the general culture of communication has changed in the past decade. With new messaging applications and social media popping up left and right, I think that we will start to communicate more online than offline, given the circumstances. Now, I fully well know that nothing can replace face-to-face communication, but due to how much online messaging has grown, It's hard to not expect this, at least in my opinion. I believe that this change will be due to the difference in the amount of time that we spend with each other. For most people, and their friends, they don't spend much time with each other compared to how much time we spend not with each other, if that makes sense. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is, is that we tend to spend more time without certain people than we do with them, so to make up for this, we end up texting and calling them. I believe that this notion, along with online communication, will end up growing even more in future years. So, my third topic is how mishaps in the use of communication negatively affect us. So, onto my final topic, which is how mishaps in the use of communications can negatively affect us. So, misuse or mistakes in communications can definitely have a massive negative impact on our social climate. Usually, mistakes in communication mean nothing and end up being easily identified. But sometimes, there's a lot at stake, and it means everything. Take the Cold War, for example. A heightened conflict between the USA and the USSR known as the Soviet Union, where tensions were high and the amount of nuclear weapons were a lot higher. Both countries never even attacked each other, historically, because they were fearful of what could happen if they did. This is called mutually assured destruction. My first example is the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, at the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis, A Soviet nuclear submarine was stationed outside of Cuba, and Americans found it. So, like the Americans do, they ended up harassing the fleet. So, in order to avoid detection, the submarine sunk down to the depths with low battery. With life support systems starting to slow down and the radio silence from Moscow, the crewmates were becoming desperate. 
What almost set them off was the U.S. fleet above them. The fleet was shooting practice depth charges down in order to harass the Soviet submarine and get it to surface. However, the crew thought these were real charges. All of these factors led the crew to believing the war had already started and ended up getting a nuclear-tipped torpedo ready to fire at the fleet. However, one commander of the ship calmed down the captain and the crew and convinced them to surface and wait orders for Moscow, which by doing this, he prevented a war from starting and essentially saved millions of lives by preventing the start of a possible nuclear war. The next story is a bit darker, though. So, again, this takes place in the Soviet Union, right after the Chernobyl explosion. So, after the Chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded, and tons of radiation were released into the atmosphere, many Soviet officials refused to take responsibility for what happened due to possible punishment. So, pretty much, action was halted. In the end, they decided not to warn the surrounding cities about what had happened, and they ended up covering the whole thing up. They didn't even try to evacuate the citizens until giving a 15-minute notice. Strong winds ended up picking up the radiation, and that pretty much allowed it to spread a lot. So that ended up resulting in the harming of over 5 million people in the USSR, and ended up having 125,000 Russians dead by 2005 due to radiation exposure. Now, this just goes to show how the misuse of communications can sometimes lead to some very, very nasty outcomes. So, that does it. That is the end of the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something new or looked at something with a different perspective today. This was the Mediacoms Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo, and I will talk to you all later. Goodbye.